from the United Nations in New York City, this is Radio Rotary. Hi, this is Jonah Trebowasser, and welcome back to another edition of Radio Rotary. Each week, we chat with your neighbors about great things happening in your community and around the world, people sharing ways to improve your life. And today, we are coming to you from the United Nations in New York City, where it is Rotary UN Day. I'm joined now on Radio Rotary by Steve Martineau. He's the Executive Director of Friends Forever. And good morning, Steve. Welcome to Radio Rotary. Uh, Thank you very much, Jonah. So tell us, what is Friends Forever? Uh, Friends Forever is a group whose mission is to promote trust, understanding, and friendships among cultures in conflict. We do it by working with local and international youth. And what brings you to UN Day here today? I'm presenting at both the Interact session as well as the second plenary session. What, uh, what was the genesis of Friends Forever? How did it get started? Uh, Friends Forever was started in 1986 by Rotarian Bob Raish, and he brought over 10 young people from Northern Ireland, Protestants and Catholics, at the height of the Troubles. And being a good Rotarian, he looked to his Rotary members to help support him in this. And 26 years later, we've served over 1,200 youth from both Israel and Northern Ireland. That's tremendous. Now, what exactly is it that you do? You have these uh, discussion sessions or uh, group exchange visits? How do you work it? Yeah, they come over in groups of 10 with two youth workers, and they're split evenly among gender and culture. So it's uh, five Jewish and five Arab Muslim youth, five Protestant and five Catholic youth. And they actually all live in the same house for two weeks, cooking, living, and doing a lot of volunteer service together, ropes courses, uh, going to schools with special needs, uh, elderly assisted living facilities. This is the foundation for a full-year program that they follow up with when they go back home. It's very hard to be angry at somebody when you've broken bread with them and lived with them. Uh, is that the general idea? That, that's exactly the idea. Um, and the biggest conflicts we find with our groups is people spending too much time in the bathroom, uh, you know, not anything to do with uh, faith, et cetera, along those lines. Uh, the other exciting thing about Friends Forever is that we're not just some sort of camp that's set off in the woods somewhere. Uh, pretty much all of our programming engages Rotarians 24-7. Uh, that's always been with us since 1986 and it continues to this day so we've actually today november 3rd we have four groups who are leaving from new hampshire massachusetts maine and louisiana from northern ireland they just spent the time with i think it was a total of two dozen rotary clubs and several hundred rotarians involved in all their activities and one would expect, uh, Steve Martineau, Executive Director of Friends Forever, that when these young people go back to their respective countries and they hear people complaining about the other side, they'll, they can say, wait a second, I live with them, they're just like us. Well, and, and that's part of the principle of what we call it's the life draft, which is the idea that you really can't get to know somebody until you're on a life draft with them. And when you are a 15-year-old, a 16-year-old, you're old enough to travel on your, by yourself. But you also are genetically inclined to question authority. Uh, And we do this in a way so when they go back home and they have maybe radicalized aunt and uncles who will say to them and spew their, you know, hatred and vitriol, you know, even if they don't verbalize it, the young people who have gone through our program can say, you know, you're wrong in their own heads. I've lived with those people that you're now, uh, you know, chastising and saying these awful things about. And I know that they're friends. They're just like me. uh, And I'm going to end having my life revolve around this conflict. We know as uh, Rogers and Hammerstein wrote for South Pacific, you have to be carefully taught to hate people that uh, aren't the same as you are. And you're doing the best to teach them that we're all one world, all one people. 
Uh, Steve Martineau, Executive Director of Friends Forever. Thanks for everything you do, and thanks for joining us on Radio Rotary. Well, thank you, Jonah, and I'd just like to thank, uh, you know, a lot of people don't know, we were started by a Rotarian, uh, and Rotary is a, a big part of what we do and continues to be, so thank you. Thanks so much. We're joined now on Radio Rotary by Fredley Ann Kaplan of Gift of Life International. Good morning, Fredley. How are you this morning? I'm very good. So anyway, uh, what is Gift for Life International, and why are you here at the U.N.? Well, we are an organization that is Rotary-based, so we have Rotarians who staff us, and we do uh, heart surgery for children with congenital heart defects from emerging nations. And we, all, we train doctors in three nations, Uganda, El Salvador, and Jamaica, to create sustainable programs for those countries and the areas around it. And we serve over 65 other countries whose children need surgery. So, of course, these would be children whose families do not have health insurance and would be too poor to uh, afford the operations themselves, right? Well, not only that, but in countries where they, they can't perform the surgeries at all. So do you bring them in into the United States, or do our doctors go over there? Both. We bring them to the United States, to Italy, to uh, uh, um, Turkey, to Egypt, to Israel. And then we also send teams of doctors to um, do the surgeries there for about a week at a time. And we can operate anywhere from 10 to 12 children in a week with these visiting teams. Well, that's just fabulous. How did Gift for Life get started? In 1975, Robbie Donna was a Rotarian in Manhasset and received a call from a Rotarian in Uganda saying, I have a five-year-old girl who's going to die because she has a hole in her heart. Can you help her? And he brought her over with her father, housed her at his mother's house, and she survived. She's now alive and well, and she's now working for us in Uganda, um, chairing Gift of Life in East Africa. Well, isn't that a yeah, marvelous story? An amazing story. And then in 19, uh, 2002, we started Gift of Life International, which really has four purposes. One is to enhance the work of the existing Gift of Life chapters, and now we have over 70 throughout the world, and to establish new chapters, to tell our story, and so forth. You know, people at home ought to appreciate these are, are operations that in the United States would probably cost fifty to $100,000 each, right? Right. Started maybe twenty-five to thirty, and then upwards. Right, absolutely. So we pay a hospital in this country anywhere from six dollars to $10,000 per surgery. And that goes to the administration, but everybody else is pro bono. And then sometimes when surgeries go to India, they charge 3000 So we try to line up hospitals in other countries where it might be less expensive and easier for the children to get to. Now, if people listening at home would like to get more information about Gift of Life, how would they find out? Is there a website? Yes, www.giftoflifeinternationalinc. And it's the only one that says we save children's hearts and save children's lives. And there is a, a site on the, on the website that says where they can donate. And we'd be grateful because money can go, to, all our money, we're all volunteers, so money goes to the surgeries and the training of doctors and to the teams. Fredley Ann Kaplan of Gift of Life. Give us that uh, website one more time. www.giftoflife.com international.org. Now I got it right. <laughs> <laughs> Fredley Ann Kaplan of Gift of Life International, thank you so much for everything you do for young people, and thanks for joining us on Radio Rotary. Thank you so much for giving us the chance to talk to you. My pleasure.
Well, it isn't every day that you see a tent set up in the lobby of the United Nations, but we have such a creature here. It's a beautiful tent, and we have one of uh, Radio Rotary's favorite guests, uh, outstanding Hudson Valley Rotarian, Lou Turpin. Lou, good morning, and welcome to Radio Rotary. Uh, good morning, Jonah. It's a pleasure to see you. So what's this tent all about? Well, uh, Jonah, this is Shelterbox USA's Shelterbox tent. It's the, the centerpiece of uh, Shelterbox's uh, disaster, International Disaster Relief Program. Now, um, you and I have, know about Shelterbox being Rotarians, but uh, next to the tent is a big green box about the size of an old-fashioned steamer trunk. It looks like a uh, really overgrown a Tupperware box. And uh, into that box, you folks at Shelterbox pack a whole lot of survival equipment and this big, beautiful tent, which is about twice the size of the average family bathroom. Uh, it can sleep tent, is that correct? It, it can, Jonah, and apparently you have large bathrooms in Red Hook because uh, this, this tent's very, very large. Uh, the, uh, as, as you well know, Shelter Box is a very simple concept. It's, it's shelter, dignity, and warmth in the form of a big green box. We include in our box the tent that we've already discussed, cookware, a stove to cook on, uh, tools to rebuild a family's home, things to sleep in or under. If it's going into a tropical climate, we include mosquito nets, uh, malaria and other uh, mosquito-borne diseases are a huge problem in the post-disaster uh, phase of, of our uh, disaster relief. There's even a kid kit to keep the children busy while mom and dad are trying to rebuild their lives. You know, I tell you, I, I, you, you folks are to give lessons on how to pack for travel, for vacation, because you can fit an amazing amount of uh, life-saving material in one of those shelter boxes. Uh, Lou Turpin, uh, Rhinebeck Rotary, uh, how did Shelter Box get its start? Well, Shelter Box was founded uh, in the year 2000 by a Rotarian from the United Kingdom, uh, Tom Henderson. And it was a very simple idea. Tom was a disaster relief uh, rescue pilot for the British Navy, and he had seen disaster programs uh, and how they were serving and, and perhaps not serving the need. Tom did a very simple thing. He went back to his rot Rotary Club and, and said to them, I think we can do this better. I think we can put the things that a family really needs for the, for the, for the mid and long term term into a box, and we can deliver them as part of our Millennium Project. They did that. They worked out of Tom's uh, garage, putting all of the things that I've mentioned previously into a box, and uh, starting in 2000, they began delivering them. Uh, since then, we've grown to an organization that has uh, responded to nearly 200 disasters around the world in over 80 countries, and have delivered over 125,000 of these boxes. Over one and a quarter million people have been the recipients of our aid. What a fabulous record that is Lou Turpin. Now, uh, you, of course, have also uh, sent shelter boxes to the United States for uh, homegrown disasters such as Katrina. Now, what about the uh, recent hurricane that uh, plagued uh, the East Coast? Um, uh, after Superstorm Sandy, uh, Shelterbox has deployed an assessment team to the to the New York metropolitan area and elsewhere to assess the need, as we do everywhere that we go in the world. Uh, our basic uh, concept is to determine whether temporary sh tented shelter would solve the problem in that particular disaster, because as, as you can imagine, not every disaster can be solved by tents and cookware and a warm place to sleep. Uh, what we found in, in most of our uh, assessments 
residents in the U.S. is that tented shelter isn't the immediate need. Uh, Luckily, in the U.S., we have other forms of relief. Uh, Most families can find shelter with family, with friends, in hotels. Uh, Regardless of what people may think of FEMA, FEMA does a terrific job of uh, getting help to people. Uh, People even turn to their insurance companies. Those kinds of resources aren't available in the developing world in places like like Haiti or in uh, in North Africa and other places that were regularly deployed. Now, if people want to find out more about this wonderful shelter box program, which is uh, part of Rotary, uh, how would they find out? Is there a website? There certainly is. Shelterboxusa.org is our website. You can friend us on Facebook at, at Shelterbox USA. You can follow us on Twitter with Shelterbox US. Uh, you can even sign up for a newsletter at that website of Shelterboxusa.org. Uh, if you would, if uh, people within this listening area would like to reach out to me, I'd be happy to come and speak to their Rotary Club and so that they can see in firsthand what uh, what Shelterbox does and. And I'd be happy to put on a presentation for any organization or club in our region. They can reach out to me at shelterbox.turpin, T-U-R-P-I-N, at gmail.com. That's, again, shelterbox.turpin, T-U-R-P-I-N, at gmail.com. Lou Turpin, thank you for everything you're doing for the less fortunate. And thanks for joining us on Radio Rotary. Hey, Jonah, thanks for everything you guys do. Take care. Pleasure. You're in tune with Radio Rotary on the air and around the world by podcast on iTunes and at www.radiorotary.org. This is Jonah Trebois speaking to you from the United Nations in New York City, where we're here covering United Nations Day for Rotary. Radio Rotary is sponsored by Rotary International, Rotary District 7210, and the Rotary Clubs of Congress Valley Cottage, Highland, Hyde Park, Kinderhook Tri-Village, Middletown, and Millbrook. And we'll be back with more of our exclusive coverage of Rotary United Nations Day after these important messages. In 1985, while polio was paralyzing 1,000 children a day, Rotary International committed to a goal, a goal of ending polio worldwide. Very soon now, after contributing nearly $600 million and immunizing over 2 billion children, the goal will be achieved. Eradicating polio worldwide. That is humanity in motion. That is Rotary. For information about Rotary in the Hudson Valley, visit www.rotarydistrict7210.org. Juddelson, Giordano, and Siegel, CPAPC, is a full-service accounting, tax, and business consulting firm. JGS specializes in business succession planning, including ownership transition, management transition, as well as family and non-family transitions. The JGS staff works alongside you to solve the problems of your specific business or personal situation. JGS is conveniently located on Route 211 in Middletown, New York. To learn more, please contact JGS at 845 or visit them on the web at www.jgspc.com. Juddelson, Giordano, and Siegel, your essential partner in business. Hudson Valley Talk Radio and online at HudsonValleyTalkRadio.com. Welcome back to Radio Rotary. This is Jonah Trebois speaking to you from the United Nations in New York City, where we're giving you the exclusive coverage of Rotary United Nations Day. This is Jonah Trebois speaking to you from the United Nations in New York City, where we're here for Rotary UN Day. And I have two very charming people, uh, Patricia Parker and her friend, your name again, son? Reed Lancaster. Reed Lancaster. And they're part of a group called, what is it? 
It's called Kids for Kids. Kids for Kids. So, Patricia Parker, tell us, what is Kids for Kids all about? Well, Kids for Kids is all about children helping children in Darfur, but also giving baby goats, kids, to, ch- to children in Darfur. Um, these are children who live in remote villages. Um, nobody is helping them except our organization, and we've been helping villagers now for 11 years, since 2001, before the violence started. Um, and what we're doing is we're not just providing goats, we're helping people to, to help them to get their foot on the ladder, to give them a start in life so their children have a future. And uh, when we think of kids in the United States, of course, we're thinking of uh, young people like our friend Mr. Lancaster here. Uh, So tell me, uh, Mr. Lancaster, what are the kids doing for kids? Well, I think it's it's a lot of just that um, a lot of kids, I think that it's great how the kids in in America are sort of doing stuff because there's a parallel between, you know, that the kids here are helping the kids in Darfur and it's also wordplay in that goats are named baby kids but I just think that it's really good because it, it, it gets it gets the idea that when you think about kids how water is so easily available to kids here and then you draw the parallel between kids have to walk a bunch of miles to grab water and um in in countries in Africa I think it's just it, it just it just makes you think about that so so it makes you appreciate more when your dad says go take a hot shower and it's right there yeah, with the faucet right. and I don't have to walk 100 miles it's it's a lot nicer <laughs> now Patricia Parker um, of kids for kids uh, you're talking about raising uh, little goats are they raised here and then shipped over how does that work no, I'm afraid they'd die. Um, the heat of Darfur would kill any goat born outside Darfur. In fact, even goats born in cities in, say, Khartoum couldn't survive in Darfur. Um, it's not only really tough for humans, it's really tough for animals. And what was great was earlier this year, Reed's brother, aged just eight, walked with friends to book, uh, around Brooklyn um, to try and show how many miles children in Darfur, just small children walk, seven hours to reach a hand pump. It's, it's shocking when there's water under Darfur and you can actually dig for it, if only you can afford for it. So children are making a massive difference and now we're asking grown-up Rotarians to do the same. <laughs> well, that's just lovely. If people want to know more about Kids for Kids, is there a website they can look at? That's a great question. It's www.kidsforkids, that's kids, F-O-R, kids.org.uk. And we've got a volunteer actually not just here in in New York, but also in San Francisco. Um, So there's U.S. friends as well. So it's lots of volunteers really doing their best to make a massive difference in Darfur. Well, thank you both for everything you do for your fellow human beings. And thanks for joining us on Radio Rotary. I'm utterly thrilled to be here. I'm just praying the Rotarians will listen. Oh, I'm sure they will. And thank you there, Mr. Lancaster. Of course. You've made your radio debut. Yes, fantastic. <laughs> we'll be back with more of Radio Rotary in just a few seconds. We're joined now on Radio Rotary by Ronnie Arrowesti from Clean Water, from source to home. Ronnie, um... What is this all about, and what's your company called? Our company is called Pack H2O, and what we have invented is a means of personal water transport in a non-contaminated, safe container. Traditionally, women in developed parts of the world that are developing use jerry cans, five-gallon cans, etc., to carry water long distances. The ab- and, and, and we see them uh, in the films on the National Geographic Channel carrying the water on their heads or perhaps one on each shoulder, and they have to walk miles for that, right? The average is, is three and a half hours spent walking, carrying water. Boy, we don't appreciate that.
appreciate the fact that we just turn on a faucet and there it is. Well, this opened my eyes to what the world needs and what, what, what we are trying to do is to be able to displace those jerry cans and other contaminated containers with this product. Let me uh, describe it for our audience. It's about the size of a small mail sack and on one side are straps like you'd see on a kid's backpack for school. It's made of blue plastic on the outside. On the inside is clear plastic and that where the, that's where the water goes? Water goes into this plastic liner and the beauty of this is the liner comes out and can be disinfected in the sun in three to four hours. The other part of this is carrying water in a sealed container with, you know, things can't get into the container as well. We've tested this out in communities in Haiti, in Uganda, Kenya, Sudan, and the Congo very, very successfully. We have data supporting every single project that we've done, and the results have been outstanding. The goal of this, there, there are several goals in addition to the transport of water, is to develop businesses in, in community where we would be producing these containers, in addition to develop small sewing pods for women to have opportunities to grow little enterprises as well, and different parts can be sold as they wear out. This pack will last many, many years, but the liner lasts about eight months to a year. So this is another opportunity for businesses. This is all about empowering women as well, and for the, the major safety factor of women not being alone carrying water for longer periods of time. Well, Ronnie Aroesti, uh, with the clean water from source from uh, clean water from source to home, I should say, uh, and pack H2O. If uh, Rotarians who are listening to Radio Rotary this morning uh, want to perhaps adopt this as a club project, how can they get in touch with you? They can get in touch with us at www.packh2o.com, and we will be more than happy to supply them with any information or any samples that they might need. Give, us that, give us that so, uh, that website one more time. We are at www.packh2o.com. In fact, several, several Rotarians groups in the Midwest have already adopted this program. Well, this is terrific. So, Ronnie Anaresti of PackH2O.com, thank you for everything you're doing for people around the world. And thank you for joining us on Radio Rotary. Thank you. Pleasure, Jonah. This is Jonah Trebois speaking to you from the United Nations at Rotary UN Day. And I have two very charming young people with me from Rotary's Interact Group. And your name, young lady, is? Bailey Lyons. Right. And you are? Declan Dwyer McNulty. You're from the Red Hook Interact Club, correct, uh, Declan? That's right, Jonah. And you are the? President. And what is Interact all about? Uh, service to the community, um, locally and uh, across the globe. Very good. And uh, what kind of things do you do around Red Hook High? Uh, right now, we are working on a, a fundraiser uh, road race in the spring. And um, over the past month or so, we've done a couple local events, uh, cleaning up a local park and, um, and serving at a rotary dinner. Very good. And our friend from Rhinebeck, your name again? Bailey Lyons. So, Bailey, uh, tell us about the presentation you're going to be making here at Rotary UN Day about a very special project the Rhinebeck Interact Club did. Yeah, our Interact Club does a Nicaragua project, and we go down to Nicaragua, and we raise a lot of money, and we get donated clothes to bring with us. And today we're going to talk about how that's possible for us and how we are able to accomplish that project in Rhinebeck. I'll bet you that was an awful lot of work for you folks. Yeah, it's a lot of planning, but it's definitely worth it, and it's very rewarding for us. So if there are other uh, high school kids listening to Radio Rotary this morning who may not be in the Red Hook or Rhinebeck Club, would you recommend Declan starting an Interact Club uh, in their schools? I would. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun. And, um, and I've never actually seen an Interact Club start up, but uh, there's a couple of presentations today about it, and I'm, I'm very excited to watch those. And, uh, and it sounds, you know, I think it's a worthwhile endeavor. 
Bailey, what kind of plans does Rhinebeck Interact Club have to uh, top their great Nicaragua project? Got anything coming up in the uh, upcoming school year? Um, well, we have already had our first fundraiser of the year. We had a volleyball tournament, and we have dodgeball tournament coming up this week. We have a fundraiser about once a month, so it's a lot of planning, but it's definitely worth it. And I think Nicaragua is our main project, but we're trying to do more local projects. We're going to do birthday parties at the Astor Home, actually, for the kids, like every other month. Explain so, for our listeners what the Astor Home is. Um, the Astor Home is a home for children who have special needs, and they don't have families. So we're there to give them a birthday present that they don't normally get. Well, that's terrific. Maybe you guys want to do a joint project sometime with Red Hook and Rhinebeck. What do you think, Declan? Oh, I'd, uh, I'd, I'm game. <laughs> okay. Now, I want to bring in now one of the adult advisors, my fellow Red Hook Rotarian, Carl Dowden. Carl, good morning, and welcome to Radio Rotary. Good morning, Jonah. Now, you've been a, an interactive advisor for a little bit. How long? Uh, about 25 years. What uh, brings you back year after year uh, to help out these young people? Well, I think it, Interact is a very uh, worthwhile project and a club for the, the young people, learn leadership skills and giving back to their community. And it's, it's fun working with uh, the young people. Keeps you young, right? I think so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Carl Dowden of the Red Hook Rotary and Declan Dwyer McNulty of Red Hook Rotary's Interact Club and Bailey Lyons of Rhinebeck Rotary's Interact Club, thank you all for joining us on Radio Rotary. Thank you. We are very privileged to have with us on Radio Rotary the president of the 1.2 million members of Rotary International, Sukuchi Tanaka, and I hope I say this right, Ohio Kazamas Tanaka-san. I'm very happy to be here. Good morning, everybody. And President Tanaka, why did you choose as your theme this year, Peace Through Service? Because Rotarians are doing uh, service work or service activities in each of their own community. And when we think of there are 35, uh, 34,000 communities around the world that has Rotarian, if we can co- combine all these efforts together, then that will build the peace in the world. Uh, President Tanaka, is peace a particular interest of yours because you grew up in post-war Japan? Yes, it is true that, uh, as you said, because I believe if we can uh, try to understand uh, other people's situation and how other people think and be tolerant, then we will be able to have a more peaceful world. Rotary International President Tsukuchi Tanaka, thank you for everything you do for World Peace, and thank you for joining us on Radio Rotary. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm looking forward to working with you, all of you together. Well, we've had a great day talking to all these wonderful people from Rotary from around the world, and especially our young people in the Interact Club, and we thank you so much for joining us on Radio Rotary. Be sure to join us again next week at this same time for another edition of Radio Rotary. Till then, this is Jonah Trebowasser wishing you and yours all the very best. Thank you.